Hey, today I recorded a, a podcast on type nine. So the very last chapter of this Helen Palmer book club podcast series with fellow Vermonter named Erica DeLorenzo, who I actually have never met in my entire life, but who is dear friends with friends of mine. And they have been, her friends have been in our salon for the last, you know, however long we've been doing it. So because I've, because of the Enneagram and because of the way it allows you to get so intimate and close and healthy with people so quickly, you, it's kind of a level jumper when you're friends with people who are also doing this work. I knew that when they suggested I talk to Erica, I just listened to them and didn't even question it. And I was, that was correct. Anyway, we had a great time talking. I have enjoyed doing this Helen Palmer book study. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. I think her words are very clear. The way she describes things is very clear. And this has been really helpful and a really interesting um, juxtaposition, I think, to the Naranjo book study. They have very different styles, but they complement each other nicely, I would say. Um, so I hope you enjoy today's conversation about Type 9 with Erica DeLorenzo. So the reason why I like already knew a bunch about you, <laughs> you and everything, well, because Tara Rose is like, you got, you got it. Like we've been talking about it for a couple of years mm-hmm. and I have so many other things. I was like, oh my God, I just like, I can't like another thing. I'm just up to my eyeballs. I mean, my boyfriend was like, oh my God, Tara Rose, like you're giving her another Thing. now she's gonna like get all into this she can order like t- 10 books and you know but um <laughs> like, she was like just start and I was tried was traveling so it was perfect I was like just give me the podcast it's like yeah. I'm gonna be on a plane for forever right um, I'll just go one through nine just to hear what the different types are and that was amazing amazing and I'm so ha- I'm so proud of you oh I, I that's was, amazing like, soaking it up oh my whole hmm out to San Diego and back by the time I got back I was driving home from Bradley to Brattleboro listening to nine and was like (laughs) at the very end of your trip (laughs) and I texted her immediately I'm like I'm a nine I'm a nine I can't believe I'm a nine (laughs) yeah 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 it's it's fraught it's fraught it's fraught and like um what's interesting to me is that my teacher, the person who trained me in all of this is married to a nine, right? She's a two. Okay. So the way she teaches is so solicitous to nines because she's in love with her nine, you know, which I get, I get that. And I mean, of course I teach like a four. So I understand that. Like it's totally, I get it. But she, you know, she's like, if Jesus were a number, he'd be a nine. And she just thinks y'all are perfect. And, you know, you're great, but y'all are just as fucked as the rest of us. Oh my God. We're all fucked and nines are just as fucked. So when you said aggressive harmonizing, I was like, oh, uh, that is literally the most perfect phrase. I am like such a bitch about making sure things. (laughs) are good like, <laughs> wrestle, like, wrestle people into it you know like it is not okay we're gonna just dive, dive in we're gonna okay. dive in it's so it's a lot it's a good chapter okay um 
Nines are the children who felt overlooked when they were young. They remember that their point of view was seldom heard and that other people's needs were more important than their own. Eventually, nines fell asleep in the sense that their attention turned from real wishes and they became preoccupied with small comforts and substitutes for love. Realizing that their own priorities were likely to be discounted, they learned to numb themselves, to divert their energy from priorities and to forget themselves. So she kind of starts every chapter Helen does with this kind of like portrait of the child. And I kind of, when she said nines are the children who felt overlooked when they were young, um, that their point of view is seldom heard. I was like, that sounds like every beginning of her, every chapter. And then I kind of went back through the chapters and know like every, everything is different, but they all kind of, they're all these ways in which we just somehow felt disconnected from ourselves in the world. And, um, but did you feel, did, did, does this resonate with you? Big time. Big yeah. Time. Oh, you know, and it's interesting doing this work and thinking about the circumstances of your life too, that, <clears throat> you know, we're without the outside of my control, but obviously shaped what was already, you know, probably primed. Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting. My dad was married previous to marrying my mother. And mm -hmm. so I have two older half siblings who are like nine and 11 years older than me. So mm -hmm. there's my brother and then my older sister. And then there's that gap. Then there's me. And then my younger sister, who's only 20 months apart from me. Mm -hmm. So we're super close. And so in some ways I was the oldest in the household, sometimes, yeah. depending on if they were coming or going. Um, and so, you know, oldest kid in that has certain things, but where, um, I think, I mean, especially relative to like a younger sister, the baby, right. Yeah. The attention, right. Right yeah. away. Like 20 months old now, all of a sudden, here's this new baby. Right. Um, but at the same time, I also felt very middle child mm -hmm. because if my other siblings were in the house, you know, that had yeah. their dynamics. But the thing that was really going on that I didn't uncover until much later, till I had the ability to be aware and actually also get to a therapist who could like, <laughs> you know, point out some of these things is that there was a lot of tension going on between my mother and my older siblings, mother and the way they were being raised versus the way our household was, you know, and there was yeah. just a lot of that all, all the time, all good. We were all very close. And like family is like huge. There wasn't like drag out fight drama. It was just, I could feel as a little kid, that mm -hmm. there was this tension and that somehow my role in that, right? Because, and this is, again, I've come to be able to have these conversations with my older siblings as we've gotten older and been able to like hash out some of this. I mean, yeah. they felt displaced. 
you yeah. know, they were often excluded, not maliciously, but just because of the dynamics and the age differences and the different geographies that were everything that was at play. Yeah. And so I immediately, there was other stuff going on. I, in order to sort of, again, stay safe and sort of not feel all that all the time or feel responsible for it, withdrew. I would, yeah. you know, I am a natural introvert, but man, it's like, I mean, my room was my sanctuary. I yeah. was just in there with my books and my weird things and <laughs> like, you know, and, and let it like, and always just wanting everything to be okay. And every, and for us all to be together. And I just love that. I just wanted everybody to like, want to, you know, be a family. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so good. That's so good. Let's see. When a personal priority does develop, it can be easily sidetracked. I think this is really interesting. Errands can become as pressing as an important deadline. It appears that the entire desk must be cleaned before an overdue bill is paid. The closer a nine gets to having the time and energy available for a priority, the more attention can get diverted into secondary pursuits. So I'm fascinated by this priority, essential, inessential thing where the almost like the more it matters to you, mm-hmm. the more it gets sidelined. Do, do you, can you talk about that? I don't understand it. Like my whole life. Yeah. My whole life. Yeah. Oh, it's my whole, I mean, like, I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to like, it helps me to read this because like my dad's a nine and I've always watched that happen and been confused by it. And maybe this will help me give him some grace there because it's, he, he's very good at talking about what's important to him. Like family's important to him and loyalty and family and time together and meaningful time together but there's no action behind it's a it's like a it doesn't happen like it happens but it's almost like it's symbolic almost so like for example I can be visiting from Texas for for an Enneagram workshop right and he will not come to the Enneagram workshop, but like make fun of my mom and I for going to it and make fun of us thinking he's a nine and calling himself an 11 (laughs) and, and like asking me over and over again, what all this stuff is about this nine stuff that he doesn't believe in. And I explain it to him and then he just like goes in the other room and watches the news and while I'm cooking dinner. And so I'm like, why, you know, like, and, it, and, and so you feel not chosen by that and you feel sidelined, you've sidelined is a good word. And, and yet he, he's saying with his mouth that he, that there's nothing more important than his relationship with family. 
but it's like he's do his actions. And I think this helps me when we talk about like doing repress, being in the yeah. doing repress pants. People say to me, because I am too, as a four, I'm also doing repress. People say to me all the time, you're doing stuff all the time. What are you talking about? And nines always say to me, I'm not lazy. I'm doing stuff all the time. It's, but I think this sidelining is an interesting way to talk about doing repress. You're doing stuff all the time, but you have sidelined what is the most essential until the very last minute or just when you run out of time or whatever. Yeah. Yep. We do that a lot. And is it just like heart protection? Like because it matters so much to you to actually give it time and energy and body service is to say, I am confronting the thing which my heart most desires. It's so vulnerable. (laughs) Okay. So vulnerable. And I think it is tied to the like, uh, maybe the energy management piece that you guys um, spoke about uh, Mm -hmm. when I was listening before, but, um, like I was reflecting a lot on that and the way I utilize my energy. Like, why do I pour it into (laughs) non-essentials is the way (laughs) Helen talks about it. I mean, I just... I, I mean, I, I'm like, I said to my therapist at some point, oh, you know, I, I enjoy marijuana. That's like, I don't drink really that much. Like that's yeah. my, you know, I'm going to just, I need, and she was like, <laughs> I, I have no problem with it. She was like, I just want to explore it a little bit. You know, it can be like an initiative killer. And it was like, <laughs> I was like, oh God. And I, I said to her, I was like, I hear you what I what I am taking from that is like, I, I actually get more done in a day than the average person. Like I, I mean, really, truly, truly legit. And it is stuff that like, it does matter in some way. Is Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. But I do all day. And so it's my way of being like, I need to just stop. I actually need to stop myself a little bit sometimes, but what's going on to your point is like, I'm making myself busy with all these things and feeling productive or exhausted or whatever. But like, meanwhile, there were these like two or three kind of big things that I say I want to work on or make progress on or work towards. And I hardly want to look at it. Right. Because it doesn't feel like the right time. Cause I am very feeling about that. It's like, it's gotta yeah. be the right, right. Just the right, whatever. Is it, I don't really deserve it. Like that's can't really be for me. You know, right. right. Like, there's all this other stuff that's really like before I get to that stuff, I should really take care of all right. Like I should clean up the desk, which I do constantly before yeah, right. I work on the thing. Right. I'm doing it all the time. Yeah. And, and I and I have to say, like, even though I mean, we are in this withdrawing stance together. So some of this does track for me. And I and it's helpful for me to think about. And it's why like the more but I, I, you know, I'm going to have to write down some of my thoughts about this, but I think my longing as a four increases the more I sideline what's most essential to my heart. So the most, the more I'm thinking about my artwork or the, or looking at other people's artwork or not in the studio, actually doing the artwork the more the longing increases, which then makes the whole situation worse. But the more I'm in there 
in the process of painting, the more I find my way into yeah. myself and, and also shut my brain off on top of it. So um, I think for a nine, it's similar. It's just like this avoidance of the most vulnerable, necessary thing, which is the scariest, but also the pathway home. That absolutely resonates. That yeah. Absolutely resonates. yeah. And it, it's manifest, you know, at 45, it's, it's manifesting right in my yeah. life. I can see now, right. How things I didn't pursue because I thought it would, I couldn't do it or it would be, you know, it's too weird or it's too, too, whatever, or not, yeah. you know, not the right time or whatever, however I was managing it you know, it's like, right. I, I haven't done those things. And, um, I think, you know, I feel very lucky. Like I'm self-aware enough to like be looking at that stuff at 45 and, and then like looking at this next part of my life, like, wow, this is how it can really go sideways. Right. Like what yeah. are the things now, like not to be morbid, but we're running out of time, you know? Yeah, totally. So, like, I feel that okay, intensely. Right? What do I like, what is going to, what is, what does my soul absolutely need to experience Yes. this time around? Yes. I'm like, I'm going to probably have to come back and do it again, you know? So. Yeah. 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 You and me both. Nines report that they lose contact with what they want by merging with the wishes of others, by diverting energy to secondary tasks and by spacing out with a TV set or a predictable routine. Um, or too much food or beer or whatever, pot or whatever. So my husband is kind of loud in there. This is podcasting in a cabin. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> and also I can't hear anything. Just saying that. Okay, good, good. Okay, we'll just, we'll make do. I'm going to keep going. The initial phases of a relationship or a new project often feel to nines like they are being carried along with the excitement that other people are experiencing rather than having made a clear decision to join. Nines can wake up in the middle phase of a commitment, feeling dragged along by the wishes of others, wondering how they got there and having a hard time saying no. Saying no to another person can feel as disappointing to nines as being denied something in their own lives. It is far less threatening to appear to say yes, to seem to agree because you haven't said no, to, and to go along rather than run the risk of open anger, which could lead to separation. So there's a lot there. There's the um, losing contact with yourself by merging with the wishes of others, diverting energy to secondary tasks. And then also this wave of getting swept up, but then not realizing you're swept up until you're kind of too far down the line. Yeah. 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 Do you have anything to say about any of that? It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. No, I mean, that happens for me. Yeah. A lot with sort of work or um, other kind of volunteer commitments. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, I'm sure my boyfriend could, you know, give you a whole bunch on this where I just, you know, I just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love wanting what other people want. I do. I <laughs> That's a good, I, <laughs> I love wanting what other people want. I, I yeah. do. It, it's like, it, it feels good. It's like, yeah. it, you know, 
merging is like, yes, we're yeah. facing the same direction. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, my, my career has been all that, right? So my mm-hmm. title, my current title is chief of staff. I mean, that just tells you everything, right? So it's like, yeah. I am the founder and CEO. It's like, I'm blowing wind into her sales, right? Yeah. She, this is not my, wasn't my idea. I would never start something like this. She, yeah. she can she, totally. And I'm happy to be that wingman, whatever, right? That, yeah. play that role. Um, making it all work. Making it all work. Love, like help, like seeing people's, you know, dreams. Like I, I love that. And I do think there's a role for that. You know, like I don't oh, yeah like a bad role but again right the the shadow passive aggressive not speaking up not knowing how to use my voice um or just communicate in general right just being able to to have that exchange it definitely comes up in some workplace dynamics that are challenging yeah just a few weeks ago so this person that I'm working for now I've known for a long time we have a friendship on top of a business relationship which is always challenging right but right right. even put that aside I mean that that hasn't come up so much for us in the work itself it's been more in the navigating of these emotions and dynamics and learning Mm -hmm. how to be different people who each kind of do things like we're both I'm both trying to help her and I want to maintain my own sense of identity yeah. And I even said to her and like our kind of real heart to heart that we just had a few weeks ago, I said to her, I need like just what I need. I need to be able to manage my own time and energy Yeah, and because that it will easily go. Like yeah. I can easily just get swept along. I'm trying to say, yes, I don't want you to be mad at me. I don't want you to think I'm not doing the right thing. Right. Like there's so yeah. many yeah. things I'm doing that. I need to understand how other people might be seeing them. Yeah. Um, and then I get mad, you know, then I get sort of resentful and angry because I just feel like I'm being taken, kind of taken advantage of. Right. And I've always thought that being loving a non meant helping them safeguard that. Right. You know, and it's been my experience that even if I'm consciously trying to help a non safeguard, their own desires. Ooh, y'all are ninjas at like saying, uh, like, no, I'm good. Like, no, no, I got, I got, I'm (laughs) thank you. Thank you for being my friend. And it's, it's fine. And, and it isn't fine, but I don't know that it's not fine until later. Right. And I, that's that piece where I like was really thinking about that and being like that. Damn, that's so selfish. Like, how could I do just, but like, but it feels so natural to me. And I feel like it can't matter that much. I'm not that important, you know, like, yes, I think, you know, I think so many things go sideways from that impulse right there that I'm not that important that I need to be crystal clear about all of these iterations as the relationship or as the project goes along. Um, It's like this self-abnegating that is certainly not meant as selfish. It's actually kind of the opposite impulse. Right. It's not, it's not, I think it's in like right sizeness seems important to me. Like 
taking up enough space and not taking up too much. And I think nines tend to take up not enough and then thinking they're taking up more than they are. And so it's like probably for a nine, always taking up more space is probably the work. I mean, you probably are never taking up too much space. And so it, it, this, all of this. So it's wild to me that nines hurt me because they're trying to not be too important in my life. They're trying to not be too important in my life and they hurt me by doing that. That's weird. We totally do that. And it's weird. (laughs) I do. I think that's my dynamic with my boss. Cause I definitely, I mean, again, introvert, there's so many things that I definitely keep arm's length a, a lot of the time with a lot of people and, and who are, who I love and would and have done anything for Right. So right. Right. I am available. I mean, I have 10 nieces and nephews and I am like <laughs> right there. Like I will not, you know, and I think I don't do enough. Right. I mean, I'm never like, cause there's so many of them and I can't <laughs> keep up, but like, yeah, yeah. But I also, I do, I manage that too, too, because you can hear it in my voice. Immediately. I'm like, there's 10, there's so many, right. It's exhausting. Like I'm automatically Mm -hmm. kind of having a, cause I get really, it's like, and I do, I get angry at my siblings sometimes, right. I'm like, you people, like I, you know, all this stuff for your kids and you guys, so many kids. And I like go all over the place to like meet up with you or see them or do whatever. And like, you know, yeah, sometimes that just feels like, what the fuck? You know, yeah. <laughs> doing all of it. Yeah. And at the same time, like, what a terrible thing. Like, these are people I never want anybody I love to feel like it's a chore for me somehow, or like, uh, you know. Right. Right. It's just, like, I guess, I guess all the anting is very important to you. But probably sometimes you overextend, but don't realize you're overextended until you've already overextended. So then it looks like you're grumpy about being the aunt, but you're not grumpy about being the aunt. You're grumpy about not advocating for yourself at the front end. Yeah, Yeah, probably. I'm guessing choices or yeah, not felt like I had to say yet or yeah, just figuring out some other way to, to go about it. The communication piece, like I don't, I always, I think I have a communication, it you know, challenge and mm-hmm. I don't know where that comes from. I mean, I, I, when I heard the phrase, you know, your, your presence matters. I mean, that mm-hmm. like struck me so much. And I, I think it's manifested a lot in my ability or wanting to speak. I mean, it was like when Eliza was like, I think you should really go on the podcast. I was like, oh God, like, you know, like. <laughs> here you are I'm fine with it like I you know <laughs> I'm ultimately fine that I just it, like left to my own devices I just like sure you know sure that won't be sure and I wonder too like for non to have this kind of documented conversation I'm wondering if that has mm-hmm. any anxiety if there's any anxiety there like it can't you can't, it, this can't be misty later on. <laughs> like we are documenting this and like people are hearing your point of view and it's in public and like yep. it, you can't slip around this. It's a, right. it's like an artifact kind of thing. And I think, I wonder if that's hard for nines 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I barely like on social media, like I hate it. I, you know, yeah. I want to do that many tweets and things I write that I never put. Cause I'm like, at first, is it correct? You know, which is a good thing. Honestly, it's a good instinct these days. I think. <laughs> yeah. These I, days. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. And I do have that too, where I just, I have this sense of like, why is everybody talking all the time? Like I'm just yeah. so tired everybody talking like the beginning of my artist statement that I've been writing up here is I'm (laughs) exhausted by expression especially my own (laughs) I mean and I'm an artist so that's problematic but I'm exhausted by self-expression right now I am we are swimming in it we're just I am like (laughs) over I'm like when did every sorry (laughs) when did everybody's voice become that important sorry it's not (laughs) It's not in yeah in your own world, yes, but like to everyone, all that you know, like yeah, big. I just I don't relate to that, right? I know, I know. I do, but I do need it. You know what I would say? Yeah, it's weird. Find my way to do that, and when I don't do that, that's when I get into trouble. Because exactly, exactly. And so again, I think there's that right sizeness of expression of taking up space in the room and of expression. And I was, I was thinking a lot about it, um, how everyone's self-expression exhausts me, especially my own, but that the reality is, is that that's also what saves me, like my own expression and other people that I love showing me who they are is what saves me. So it's not, it's not that expression is problematic. It's the balance, I guess. The yeah. amount of it, I don't even know yeah. what the answer is, yeah. but anyway, yeah. we're sad. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I no, I it totally resonates. Like whether it's genuine, needed, meaningful, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's something to think about. Um, Anand's apparent agreeability, however, should not be mistaken for real commitment. Nines can go along with a situation for a long time while still trying to decide. It's so easy for them to identify with another person's point of view that they can see the rightness in all sides of a question. Why take a position when every side has merit? Why have a personal priority when it's so easy to feel the rightness of all parties concerned? Nines say it's easier to know the inner condition of others than it is to find a viewpoint of their own. It yeah. seems, it seems like empathy is kind of a great quality of y'all's. Yeah. I like you that. really feel yeah. other people's point of view. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. And I love it. I love that part. I, that's, a, that's a gift. I love to listen. I really do. Like I, I can listen. I love it. I just, yeah. and I, it, uh, again, there's like pros and cons, like, yeah. On hand, yeah. I really do see everyone's point of view. Yeah. If you stick me in the room, like if we're having a work meeting and that people are not, if, uh, first of all, I'm aggressively hurt. I'm already like, okay. But also like, I really can understand, like, I really do see, I mean, uh, just in life. And I, yeah. uh, even in my most extreme political views, you know, like yeah. there are a couple of issues where like, I'm very clear what is right. And at the same time that that view also has room 
for other people's lived experiences. And I, but I think that that is ultimately what I'm pissed about <laughs> is because yeah, my ultimate thing is with any of these issues, scenarios, topics, whatever, where people are going to, you know, yes, at any one individual do what, do what you need to do live yeah. your life, but just stop telling other people what to do. Right. Like I really get rankled about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. I think it's that other side. It's like, I'm so empathetic. I, yeah. Everybody it's legit. Whatever you are experiencing is great with me. And I want to know about that and I'm here for it. And I, it's valid Yeah. And because of that. Don't you dare go like poking your nose into what anyone else is doing. Yeah, exactly. It would help a lot if we could all get there. Like, yeah. a hundred, you know, all of us, if we could all get there, it'd be so good. It is less threatening to obsessively think about a decision than to make a choice and risk having one's efforts discounted or having to defend a point of view against others. Mm-hmm. Nines have taken refuge in the safety of not knowing what they want and not having a position to defend and in staying in an uncommitted limbo where decisions are still pending. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So I think that's part of what we were talking about, like the doing repression and like the sidelining. Ultimately, it feels threatening to go after what you really want because then you have to defend it or you might fail or it might look silly. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. All of that. Yeah, all of that. That's why I was never a very good attorney. Like I just, Mm. I would rather... But you're a contracts attorney. Yeah. So like that, I realized that, you know, in that journey, what I liked about legal work was more, and then eventually I just went quickly into business development, which is much more about finding the right partner and building a relationship with them and structuring the, structuring the relationship in a way that was clear for everybody. And then had contingencies for when things went wrong, because they never, (laughs) right. Like, yeah, you're good at that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And I think contracts can be a beautiful tool for that because it's like a blueprint for like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a um, blueprint for the concept of harmony. Yeah. Right. right. You're conceptualizing totally. harmony totally. in a document. Totally. And like, my dream is like that this thing isn't, it never is a tool for like, like, so in my world, what would happen is I would do these big deals and then inevitably, you know, something would go wrong. And the partner, let's say, would have done something. They would have not been delivering on their end of something or having a hard time with delivering or something, right? Now, meanwhile, we're working together, right? So I know these people. And my boss, my CEO would call me and be like, oh, you know, I can't, these, I can't believe they're not, you know, showing up to do whatever, 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 like breach a contract. Let's, and I'm like, yeah, oh, like, there are like, in my mind, like 10 steps before I'm calling someone up and saying the word breach, like right. <laughs> I'm at this point already like, how do I fix it? You know, like what yeah. can we do and how, you know, like I, I hated that idea. Like, I don't want that to be, I don't want that to be the case ever. Yeah. Yeah. So do you um, normally get it to work out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, I'm a big, like, I mean, I'm a big, like, I do not, I just, I don't think there's, I, you know, the amount of time you should get in like a, you know, a drag down knockout yeah. 
it is a is rare should be rare it's, yeah it, it should it should be avoidable it's con it's conceivably avoidable very if avoidable. We, yeah very avoidable again interwork stuff I, yeah. I don't really have a lot of patience for it. I really don't. I don't like when people kind of go on and on and on, like griping about another person or the way they're, because it's, it, it can't, I can't go show up to work every day knowing that that's coming at me. Yeah. That empathy to the energy, to the, you know, the way yeah. I see the world, all that. But I just, I don't find it fruitful. I don't, I, I'm, I get bored by yeah. it. <laughs> I like, like that. I, honestly, it's boring. It is boring. I'm like, it can is we boring. just get to like the, like there's stuff to do, you know? Yeah, like totally. Totally. I love that. As Ram Dass would say, can you get off that channel? Like yeah. <laughs> not a good channel to be on right now. Those who try to help nines along with the decision. This is crucial. Those who try to help nines along with the decision or pressure them to take a side, find they dig in their heels and refuse to move. Nines do not necessarily see holding out as a no response. They are more likely to see holding out as resisting being pushed into a premature commitment because they have not yet made up their mind. Their deep anger at being unheard is contained by not making a choice. They are angry about having to go along with others and angry about being overlooked if they don't go along. A nine's decision is to make no decision, to stay angry, but to hold it in and to seem to go along while internally remaining divided. This is why my friend Sarah calls nine secret sociopaths. Yeah. Um, this is the, for me, this is the crux. Yeah. Of, of relating to nines is this little move right here. Yeah. Yeah. Was... It's like, um, let me bring everything to a screeching halt. And we're not going to talk about it. And, and, and kind of gaslighty too, like problems with you, not with me. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, we don't show up like I can easily not show up. Mm -hmm. um, could be related to the, you know, the the interior castle part that Lee was talking about. Mm -hmm. What did she what did she say about the interior castle? Um, the phrase conjured up again, like something I would often say to people when trying to explain myself or, you know, describe myself, I'll often say something like my interior world, there's so much going on in here. It's like, mm -hmm. you just leave me to my own. Like I've got, I'm like, there's, it's amazing. I'm good. All I'm my drawbridges are up and I'm having a good time in here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and again, but but I mean, are you having a good time? In oh, there? right. No, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm <laughs> craving, you know, I'm like, I need to be a part of something and what's happening and why aren't I doing more? And why, you know, like, oh, the, the, the self-talk, the negative self-talk is like constant, you know, the mm -hmm. critical, being critical of that, loving that, but also really seeing where it really, you know, is not engaging with life. This is just like an easy way to I'm just not going to do it. Um, yeah. 
hiding a lot of, you know, a lot of that, a lot of obfuscating of sort of like, where am I really, you know, saying that I'm, I'm a very private person. Yeah. It's true. But I like that that's my way of just of like of kind of legitimizing your, what you're up to. Yeah. 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 Because at the end of the day, like, because like, time, what are we going to say to that when you say I'm a very private person? You're like, okay, I'm backing right. up. I'm backing up. Yeah. But that's like, that's only one piece of it. You yeah. Know, that's not, that's not to say I'm very private or just to say, like, um, I think, you know, my dad is just like, it's just not that big a deal. It's just right. not that big a deal. Right. Everything's just not that big a deal. Not that big of a deal. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And that is unfair to other people. And Mm -hmm. they, it does come across, you know, I can easily see where it comes across where people are like, I don't know, like who you are, what you're about, or if you're really there in there. Yeah. Totally. I've seen that. But in the last, you know, I would say five years or so, um, Mm-hmm. see where those way again especially in work I see it where I don't want to step into something or commit or say, say you know take a stand in fact one of my mentors not long ago was like I he's like you have all this background and experience like you need to get your messaging down you need to just figure out like what is your and you need to just like be what yeah 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 <laughs> yeah do that yeah, that's yeah, that's great. That's probably good advice. Yeah, yeah, like very particular, right on advice. Get your yeah. messaging down. Yeah, yeah. say who you you know, like what is it that you you know, like what is your thing? Because it's hard for me to do that because I'm like, well, it's ever like, yeah, because I want to hold it all, and I don't want to have to pick something. I mean, again, even career and just interest. What it's like, I'm always shifting and moving and doing a million things so that I don't have to go deep on on one one thing thing, which feels risky yeah it says she goes on to say once a position has been established nines can be just as stubborn about holding on to it as they were against having to choose it so all this resistance about choosing it and then once you choose it really stubborn about holding on to it um the most natural state of mind is to be on the fence, both committed and still not sure. But once a position is adopted, it, it I think this is interesting. It feels so fragile to the nine that they tune out any compromise. So I think that's helpful for me to know that the stubbornness comes from the fragility that it feels that they feel like they're protecting some, like you worked so hard to make yeah, that choice and it took you so long to make the choice. And then you have to protect it. Yeah. 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 Work on, you know, stand up for those boundaries. Yeah. You know, fortify around it because it is not a natural, doesn't feel natural. Right. To have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Natural ambivalence allows them to both agree and yet not fully commit to any one point of view. Um, Decision-making is also slowed because a nine's mind is already stuffed, as you were saying, with unresolved prior questions. Memories of events that happened years ago can surface with the force of something that happened last week and need to be thought through yet one more time. 
Do you, do you find that, that things come up for you that mm-hmm. happened a long time ago and mm-hmm. they're just very, very powerful? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I have to work through them again. And then, you know, again, think thankful for therapy for trying to yeah. understand what that is and, and also not perseverate on things, you know, like yeah to work through them in order to, again, to like resolve, like I'm, you know, to kind of trying to re-put everything in, in its place, make sense of it all. Yeah. And I think it's interesting the way Helen's talking about it is all of these unresolved things that are filling up your head are a way to stay on the fence or a way they're part of your fortified castle. Like if that's true, that you have all this unresolved stuff in your head, then that also legitimizes your not being fully awake to the present or uh, awake to your own desires. It kind of safeguards the non-commitment and the detachment. Totally justifies it. Totally makes it like you know, do I, I don't really have a, like yeah. I'm having a, you know, kind of hold all this. Like, this is just the way it is for me Yeah, in life or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, how, whatever frame of mind you want to be into sort of how you want to feel about that, but there's too much other stuff. Like I can't possibly, mm-hmm. right. Because look at all the other stuff I'm having a, you know, yeah. space. For. So do you, do you feel like therapy is helping you look at all of these, I guess the way Helen would put it, like these sidelined, un, unresolved things and like work on dealing, like work on resolving things in real time or trying to resolve things in real time and move on so that that opens yeah. up the castle. Like there's more air in the castle for the, the, the desire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. And the way I've tried to work on that has been, well, the way I've been trying to handle that or do better, improve, or be a little bit more thoughtful about my needs and my energy and all that. And this needing to be able to go deeper is to stop saying yes to things. Right. So again, yeah. lens on it was like, well, I'm a people pleaser and I right. you know, <laughs> tendency to say yes to everything. Okay. That's one, one way. Um, but the nine way is like, yeah, I'm just kind of filling. So I don't, it's like, yeah. Yeah. But then I'm exhausted. Right. And then I'm like resentful because I'm having enough for everybody. And mm-hmm. so uh, the last few years I've been, I've been slowly dropping a few things side project, you know, mm-hmm. and other people's projects, other people's things. I actually just got rid of the last big one, like last week. Right. So I've been like uh-huh. on this journey to be like, try doing less, yeah. really let go of some things, not just because you want more chill time or whatever. Right. Know. Exactly. Exactly. That's the pitfall, right. Is to let right. go of all the sidelines, but then not but then not numb in that space. Yeah, exactly. So now I have to work on that. That's that. The next piece, like, what am I? I just signed up for an art class. Like this is what I did. That's awesome. (laughs) Every time I'm going to take an art class. Now, in many ways, that is necessary. I've been talking Mm -hmm. about neat expression for me. Like Mm -hmm. how do I find, you know, and be able to do that. And so 
that's a good, that's a good thing. But like, that's I think what so. I look at is like, what am I doing? You know, like what, what are the things that I've said I want to accomplish in this lifetime or that are really important to me? And then like, am I taking steps? Yeah. Other, the other thing, and I don't know if this is a nine thing and that I often wonder gets in my way, but my vision of like, not perfection, but of achieving the thing, it can be so overwhelming or so present that it's like, I, I don't know if it's that I don't have patience or what it is, but it's like, I can already just see how it's supposed to be Uh or where, where we need to head. Yeah. And I get a little frustrated either with the speed or right. Everybody to navigate how we're getting there. It's like, let's just go. Aren't we just going? That's interesting. Cause that almost feels like the opposite in a way, you know, of your, of a non's, uh, typical MO, you know? I right, mean, maybe, right. maybe y'all see a path to a harmonic vision that the rest of us yeah, are not yeah. seeing. And you're yeah. impatient with our inability to see that harmonic vision. And so you want to move close. Yeah. You have all this clarity around moving in that direction and we can't see it. And I think that's really important. I think that, uh, I think sevens also have that they have, they see the vision of, of goodness and they want to move really quickly to it. The difference is, I think you see this harmonic vision and you see the path to it and you don't, you're probably frustrated with all of our inability to yeah. see it, but it's different. It's different from a seven, but I do think it's important to kind of put a little flag out there and know that these are, these are y'all are y'all are vision holders for us in this time of polarity um, and complexity. It's important to know the people out there that, that we can look to, to show us that vision. Um, I think it's really cool, but it's interesting to know that that's kind of where you're, where you maybe get impatient, you know, like I think of nines as like, they make the rest of us feel impatient, but here's where you're, you know, there's a little fuel there, um, in your engine for, for harmony. Um, there's a lot of fuel in your engine for harmony. And so, um, that's where the, that's where the energy comes from. Yeah. But that's the stuff that like, we don't, I don't know. We don't, you know. Yeah. So so it gets diffused. It gets the the energy for harmony gets diffused in Mm non-essentials. And so that's why like the guy, the person you're working with saying, I want you to, what did he say? Write down your, your, your messaging straight, get your messaging straight. So I think that's true. It's true in work. It's true in personal life is to get your message. And honestly, like I was sitting on the porch with Eliza and she's like, do, do any of us know what we really want? And I'm like, no, we don't. Like, I don't know what I really want either. Like none of us do, but, and I, so I think there's a lot to be said about knowing what we want. And then simultaneously letting go of what we want, which is that's complicated, but I think we can get in trouble with knowing what we want so much that we're identifying with that really intensely. And that creates problems. But if we know what we want and we can hold it 
loosely um with um without ego hopefully um then at least we're like our you know I think it's just about awareness of that dance of what that is and I don't know if I'm making any sense but no no, it makes perfect sense it's like how do you take action you have to do in the world you know yeah I was I was thinking like in my head, like nines could be nuns. I feel like nines oh yeah. Nuns. I would love to be a nun. Oh my God. <laughs> it's kind of a fantasy. Totally. Like I'm just leaving tomorrow, whatever. But like, but when you, if you don't choose the path of the aesthetic, right. Cause that's a legit path. Like, yeah. Yeah. If that's your calling. If that's how you're, you know, going to contribute to the world, like amazing. Most of us can't or won't, or, right. You know, we'll choose not to. And so you, you, you have to choose some action. You have to make action. You know, it can't just be, oh, like I do so much yoga and meditation in my house by myself. Okay, well, what am I doing with that? Like, where mm-hmm. am, I, where am I taking that? You know, mm-hmm. how am I con- giving that back? <laughs> Not just like keeping it for myself in my quiet little house. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yes, but it's also possible that that space and that um, yoga is aligning your sure. heart to step into your desires and to connect with people in a way that's more whole. And I don't know, I feel like the, I guess it's about aligning, about knowing what you want and aligning your actions with that, but then be also being willing to, to, to hold that softly um, or something like that. Yeah. Cause there's magic that'll come the things you can't, yeah. Things you don't know people you never knew would come into your, like they have to have space to have that happen yeah to change your to to flow in a different direction so let's see because other people's wishes seem more pressing than their own nines are faced with the choice of merging with others agendas or of tuning others out so as not to be influenced if pushed they are likely to control by passive means by slowing down by sitting down in the middle of a conflict and waiting it out by not responding and hoping that the problem goes away. Nine's difficulty with all of this stems from the fact that they have forgotten themselves and made others the active agent in their lives. Yes, their neurotic obsession about whether to agree or disagree with other people is both a burden and a blessing to them. I think uh, to me as a four that has that kind of push-pull thing where I'm always, where I'm being kind of aggressively in your stuff and wanting to connect, um, and then I'm aggressively not in your stuff and you can't find me. I think this is a little bit, it's not an, it's not a push. It reminds me of push pull. So this is a nines. I think I've written notes in my phone about it, how nines waffle back and forth between merging and hiding, merging and hiding, merging and hiding. And like fives, they hide and they kind of choose to hide and they know they're hiding and sometimes they wake up and stop hiding, but they don't have the resentment about the hiding that a nine has. So a nine will hide, but then kind of resent the person they merged with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that's where that passive aggressive stuff comes in. And so there's this real, real different energy between a five and a nine that way. Whereas, you, you know what I mean? What, um, um, because but that's we, confusing for the rest of us is that there's this intense merging, like yep. 
uh, you know, and like, you know, maybe, maybe the person you merged with didn't ask for it. Maybe the person you merged with is trying to protect you from merging with them. And, and you merge, I guess, anyway. And like, I guess what I'm interested in is sometimes that merging legitimizes the hiding. So Mm -hmm. it's what, it's like you have an excuse because then, then you can go, well, I merged with you and I lost myself and I'm so upset about it. And now I'm, now I've, yeah. I'm like, wait, 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 you know, it was this whole ping pong highway that was not known to me until, until it's kind of too late. And then, then you're super hiding, you're super gone away. (laughs) That's my first marriage. My only marriage. (laughs) That's it right there. Oh my God. Oh, like hundred percent. That's what we do. Yeah. He was, I didn't even know he was going to propose. And he proposed and I'm like, I said, yes. I mean, who does that? I didn't, it's like, we never (laughs) had a conversation about it. Like what am I doing? what yeah and I just went and then I was just like the snow snowball is going but then when I was when I was fully at the end of the rope of the merge and the whatever all that what it meant yeah done like so done like, yeah leaving you on the west coast and you know I'm in a u-haul and within a week and I'm, I'm gone you know yeah which I'm sure didn't feel so good but like you know and hopefully, you know, and I've done a lot of work on that because that, that stuff can be, that's, you know, that's probably an extreme, right? Example mm-hmm. of doing that and the ramifications of that. Um, but it again, it happens in, in my day to day. I do it with my current partner, you know? Yeah. I think they're just like little micro swings of that all the time that are, I mean, I think, I think also what you just said is maybe not, I mean, it's, I don't know how extreme it is. It seems common to me, actually. I think it's fairly common with nines that things like what you just described happen. And uh, I think there are also these little day-to-day little mini swings of that. And I think awareness for nines is, is like somehow catching yourself in the merging hiding swings. Um, And for me as a four, I have to work on that too. And it's like, it's, it's it, it's like a non has a non has to take responsibility for that maybe and yeah yeah well because it is it does uh that that anger piece is behind you know like that's what makes it kind of yucky right it's right like that that that's where I can that my anger will get channeled that way right all of a sudden now I'm like pissed right because yeah yeah. <laughs> I feel like again, taken advantage of or just lost myself. Um, and you know, again, then I go into the language of like, gotta put up the boundary, healthy boundary. It's like, well, you could have been <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. It like all along. And now, of course you do, but like now it's harsh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Family history. So they describe families as a range from neglect to being overshadowed by siblings or being ignored or attacked when they stood up for themselves. Um, What is common to all of these childhood nines is the sense of not being listened to when an opinion was put forward and realizing that showing anger directly did not help their opinion be heard. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, my dad, my dad is, um, my dad worked uh, for American Express for 40 years, but then when he retired, he started a company centered around um, training people on emotional intelligence. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, he's an incredible, he's incredible. That's a whole, that could be a whole podcast. He's incredible. Um, and, um, you know, he was drawn to that work because of his own aversion to anger. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And so that had a lot of shaping of my childhood. And then, you know, if I told you a bit about my mother, you could see where there's like all kinds of stuff going on. I think my mom sounds like your mom probably. So, um, So they're very interesting, opposite people, you know, people. Yeah. Yeah. It's still together and like, just, just doing it. Um, but, um, at one point I remember I had to say to my dad when I was angry about something, somehow I like, I don't know where this came, like, it just like came, came out. Mm-hmm. And I said, cause I was really upset about something that I legit had a right to be upset about. Yeah. And I was expressing this to my, to the people that happened to be there in this moment, which happened to be my parents. Yeah. And my dad's instinct, right. And all of his, right. His, he's like, okay, let's calm down, you know, like calm down, take a deep breath. Like, don't get so angry. And I would, I looked at him and I was like, if there is, was ever a moment in some person's life to be angry, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you need to let me, it's, it's okay to be angry, dad. Like there yeah. is time and a place. And like, this is actually a safe place as it's you guys. And I can just let it burn and be done. Like the yeah. whole thing doing it is to let the fire rage. So you can, you yeah. Know, Were you able that. to say that to him? Yes. And yeah. I, it, and it like shook me even right. So that I even to just say that and mm-hmm. know that and express that was like huge for me. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Did it, what did he say? Did he respond to it? He was got it, it. He got, he got it. it. He was like, and he just kind of like stopped trying to, you know, help to manage me. it. He stopped trying to manage your anger. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's more, more stuff about just staying hidden in a family with a bunch of brothers. There's a story about that. Yeah. Um, Lots of laying low. Yeah, they learn to space out to buffer their mm-hmm. feelings with small physical comforts to hang out until someone else takes the initiative. Yeah. This this person writes, my father was energetic and clever and related best when he was being adored. Mm-hmm. Mom had a lot of problems of her own and very little energy for the kids. It felt like safety was in sliding between the cracks without a ripple or a bump and keeping everybody comfortable so that I would be included. There were always the feeling of getting along with the others, not because I really wanted to, but because their views felt louder to me than my own. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot yeah. of that. A lot of that. A lot of like, yeah, they won't understand, you know, or anytime yeah. I did, it was like, you know, so like the way it plays out of my family is, you know, apropos of being in Vermont. I'm like mm-hmm. I was, I didn't want to go to law school. I, I should have, like, I need, I was meant to have I think a different you know could have should have would have right but (laughs) and I would bring up the things that I wanted to do or you know like I remember when I graduated law school I was like avoiding like the like I just I wasn't gonna go work in a law firm I already put my 
went down about that. I was like, not doing it. Sounds like hell. I don't understand. I'm working till 3 a.m. It's like, not okay. Yeah. Right. Um, I was like, I'm going to go woofing, you know, the organic farming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought it was like World War Three. She was like, going to just disown, right? Like, it just wasn't allowed. I would, you know, I wanted to burn incense. That was an issue. Like, everything, you know, the yoga, all these things that I was like, attracted <laughs> to at a young age that was like, clearly, I have this like, that was very different from anything anyone in my family was doing, even cooking right. there doesn't cook. Right. So I'd be like, I want to cook. I want to learn to make things. No, you know, like, yeah. And just shut down and shut down and shut down that it was like, you know, yeah, I just kept keep all that stuff to myself. You know, it took yeah. me when I was 40 to be like, I'm moving to Vermont. Like no one can suck. Like now I can yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to cook and burn incense all I want <laughs> every day. I totally relate, man. I think it's wild how much energy it's taken me to just find myself out of my family, you know, like it's just, um, to resist and to have your own opinions and to have your own initiative is so it requires so much energy. Right. And faith in those just like like yeah be, having faith in in that and sticking by it it just requires so much fortitude yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, just the simplest things that's why I, sometimes I wish I were an aggressive number because we would have risen you and I both would have risen out of the our whatever our family story right. was we just would have right. found our way easier to totally. whatever it was we were into yeah totally, totally. no yeah. And there's still, you know, even like picking Brattleboro, right. Was even yeah. with that, there was like a compromise because right? I was like, Oh, I got to stay accessible to New York and not be too far from my family and not too far from the vineyard yeah. and, you know, too far from all these epicenters of where everybody else is. Right. My brother just picked up and moved his family to Cincinnati. I was like, all right, so what, you know, he's leaving. Like what the, <laughs> <laughs> Like that's what goes through my, you know, like I'm, yeah. I, and, and because it, it, it does matter to me because I do love these people and I do care. And, and that is legitimate when you're far away. It's just, it just gets harder. It does get harder. Yeah. I, miss, I you know, I miss like two months not seeing nieces and nephews. It's like, I mean, at that age, you know, they're like a different person. Almost. Yeah. And I don't want to miss it. And I don't want to be the absent aunt. So it's like, okay. So now I, I like, this is life, right? Like this is just life. Like we yeah, get yeah. with these circumstances and choices and like, there is no wrong answer. It's just like, how am I going to navigate it? Right. Yeah. Because that's still my choice and I'm making it for, for good reasons. And I still, I like within that, I have to keep working. I can't let it go completely and just be like, well, whatever, I'll just, whatever is happening is what I'll just go along with. And then right. I just, stop. it's just, this is, I, I can't actually pursue that thing or do that thing that I want to do. No, I can. I just have to like, I have to keep taking steps yeah. that are available to me here. Yeah. Yeah. So it talks about acting through habit and by repeating familiar solutions control through stubbornness and passive aggression with this is kind of interesting uh, as far as the Enneagram diagram itself, 
with one leg grounded in image and conformity, the three, mm -hmm. and the other leg rooted in anti-authoritarianism, the six. Point nine is caught in a conflict between wanting approval from others and wanting to disobey. Oh <laughs> I love oh that God. so much. Yeah. So, so that yeah. that's the three six nine triangle, right? And right. so you go right. to three. Is it you go to three in health and six and yes, you go to three in health and six disintegration or you know whatever. Oh. What what is it? Yeah. And um, so that's what she's talking about there. Is so you're rooted and you have this one leg in this image and uh and yeah. and conformity in this other leg in um anti-authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. And and then uh your wings, the wing point one, which is the position of the good girl or boy, yeah. which is what Eliza is. Yeah. And the wing point eight, which stands for the bad girl, bad, bad boy, wow. amplify this issue of wanting to be correct and wanting to go against the rules. So wow. that's a really wow. interesting place to be on the whole diagram. Yeah. And we're good conforming, like, um, or what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, uh, cl like cloaking like um so like I again I'll this is how I describe when people are like okay like you're not you don't strike me as like the corporate type well like just I'll put on my suit and straighten my hair and like I want you know I've yeah. a different yeah let me show you that yeah I can show you that yeah like I do that and like within that right is this you know total rebel I work in media and marketing and I'm like basically a socialist, you know, <laughs> I can't talk about my anti-capitalist, you know, right. Notions or inquiry, right. Like to, you know, yeah. to be, like I'm not, you know, there's, I'm not like abashed, like unabashedly, like that sucks, whatever. Like I, again, seeing all sides and like, it's, there's parts of it that are great. Yeah. And there's parts of it that are actually really, 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 really bad. Is anyone looking and paying attention? Like we have right. problems. Right. And so it's hard to like, it's hard to exist in that world. You know, I can't, can't fully bring that. Mm -hmm. And so I am straddling all like in my life. I am straddling. Yeah. Like I am yeah. right there. I will, I'm the chief of staff. I'm the, you know, chief operating officer, like no problem. Right. I'm here and I live in Vermont and I smoke pot and like, I don't, you know, I'm sort of like, <laughs> I won't wear a bra most days and like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's that whole side of me that's like, don't, I'm not going to go live in New York City. I love it. When I come down there, it's like I am in. Got yeah. Speakers yeah. And I'm like rocket. Like, but I, I just have this other side that just has to not, I can't be like put, put in a box or too, too groomed, too, you know, just feel right. Yeah. And so I think probably young nuns feel all of that energy very early on, which is right. where all the, I think it's where all the numbing comes from. It's where this response to life comes from because it's so these really powerful energies that are kind of in conflict. You're they like, are well, in, conflict. in conflict. So this conflict avoidance kind of stems with this from this primal conflict that's within you that's so intense. Well, do you think though that that's also because like no one else 
there's not really a model for how to exist in that conflict. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I know I do. Yeah. Try to be balanced. So it's like, or like, we don't see it just like we don't see very visibly alternative relationship models. Not really. I mean, exactly. Exactly. Right, of, I mean, we can get into it once we get into our like friend circles and stuff, but not really on the like cultural stage and so right if you are pursuing an alternative relationship you feel weird you feel like not nor you know whatever yeah yeah and so if it were more normalized that like yeah it's possible you can be you know learn how to kind of show up in a given space or place and be you know amenable to what is needed but also really okay to be like if you know this you have this other side and that you can construct a life like I didn't know I didn't know where to begin with that I didn't know what yeah. my life was supposed I don't to think like. yeah I don't think culturally that these nuances or or this holding of poles is it's not clear it's not clear and easy to even talk about so I don't think it's modeled and clearly it's not being modeled right now. I mean, we're right, so, right, right now. it's yeah. much easier and simpler to just have a very clear position and not realize that within you holds lots of dimensions that are seemingly um, disparate and not, you know, uh, they can't live together, but they, but they can and they do. Yeah. We just don't. I think we just, for some reason, just want that clarity so badly. We'd rather give up the nuance. You know, we'd rather give up the dance. For some certainty. For For certainty. Yes. And that's why, I mean, you know, life is scary as it is, especially right now. So yeah, I can see it's like that feels safer to, to, right. Just Mm -hmm. something, something solid. Mm Mm-hmm. But again, I think that's why nuns are important in this world is that y'all can, y'all can model for that for the rest of us, maybe, you know, cause it's really kind of core to who you are is this dance between these things. Right. And so if the dance can shift from merging and hiding to maintaining, mm, I mean, just like that maintaining of self throughout the complexities of any situation so that there never needs to be the, the, the merge and there never needs to be the hide. Um, that's, that's, that would be amazing. (laughs) Healthy ego. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the ticket, right? Don't you think that's the goal? That's the work right there. It is the work. How, how, what's my healthy ego, right? I'm ego being like, it's not, not, doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like the part of me that That knows who you are and knows what you want, but I can engage. And then like from there, I'm engaging from that place. That doesn't feel like merging. That just feels like I can bring my nineness and I'm wanting, you know, to understand your point of view and to be supportive and to without losing myself and then resenting you. Right. Cause I lost myself, which is what I think happens to us every day. Right. Right. Yeah. 
I'm gonna, yeah, it happens with my boy literally every day. I mean, I think it's like over dinner. I think dinner is basically yeah. like I didn't really want to eat that. But... <laughs> what are we doing? Why are we? What are? Why are we having this? <laughs> Core position for the three anger types: eight, nine, one, situated at the top of the enneagram, and is the is so that nine is the point of passive aggression where anger fell asleep. So I think that's really really good way to talk about it where anger fell asleep by keeping available energy siphoned off into inessential tasks a kind of holding action develops in which there's never enough energy in the system to face the conflict that surrounds going after personal desires so that's we've been talking about that but I think that sums up very succinctly the fact that the energy being siphoned off to inessentials is your legitimizing armor for not going after your own desires. And it also allows you to be mad at other people for mm-hmm. something you should have been managing yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, super, super yeah. well said. Very um, nice. I, I, I like this word. She talks about nines express their anger indirectly. The hope is that leaking anger, I love leaking anger off through indirection actions. So the hope is that leaking anger off through indirect actions will forestall that open confrontation that seems to lead either to abandonment or to having to defend a position. Yeah. I just like, I like leaking. I like that too. That's what it is. It, yeah. It's like a little, little, little releases, little, little drips, little drips, little, nobody notices. Nobody notices. Even I don't notice. <laughs> I'll tell you my boyfriend. Knows, like, oh, oh no, we notice. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You are. Yeah. I know you're just being you. Um, holding on to unexpressed resentment is a way of internally not complying with others while appearing to agree. And that resentment provides the fuel for passive aggressive tactics. Um, She talks about it as like, I like this. The first is so nines report that they express their anger in several indirect ways. The first way is by quote, going stubborn. (laughs) The first is by going stubborn which means planting oneself down in the middle of a discussion and controlling the action by refusing to make a move. (laughs) Yes. Another way is to simply tune other people out and head for other things to do. Yes. Or by acting in such a way that others will have to show their anger first. Mm -hmm. So I love those. I think those are three very succinct ways of describing indirect anger. Um, or managing anger, managing unexpressed resentment. Um, and, uh, nines always know what other people want. So you always know what other people want. And so they can make other people angry by simply not doing what is expected. They could, for example, perform poorly on the details of an important job or begin to slow down when others are in a rush. Yes play dumb while knowing that others are highly invested in a certain course of action 
One way or another, an angry nine will see to it that the other person does not get what she or she she is expecting. Um, but then, but then she goes on to talk about the, the direct expression of anger is is actually a release for nines and is it's yeah. good and it it yeah. freaks the rest of us out. We yeah. call she calls it the hibernating bear, but yeah. but but that's that's when you decide to stop leaking and start just being angry. Yeah. And you were with your dad, like you described yeah. that like, dad, I'm just angry and there's nothing wrong with me being angry and I have a right to be angry. Yeah. 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 And I need, and I need to, you know, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. I, I definitely have like allergic reaction to like some of the positive psychology work, right. Where this whole, like, we're going to be like, just be happy. And like, we yeah. Can- be uh, it's like no you can't like you can't yeah <laughs> you can't, you can't. stop telling people that they're like shouldn't be you know depressed or sad like yeah toxic all... cheerfulness <laughs> toxic cheer toxic cheerfulness um yeah no I don't like that either fours do not like that no yeah. when nines love it is often with the wish to totally merge with a partner or to take one take on the other's life as their own they have a real ability to know another person in depth. Yes. Yeah. And on the negative side, there's the possibility of losing a personal point of view. Consequently, relationships often continue on long after the juices run out, which is you were describing earlier. Yeah. Numbness can also be masked by indiscriminate attraction to multiple partners or by putting energy into inessential <laughs> activities that artfully disguise the neglect of real needs. The, the virtue of a nine is what she calls right action, right action. And Suzanne, my teacher always called it right action. I'm, I'm drawing a blank now on what Lee wanted to talk about, about right action. Cause, Oh, I know what it was is that cause Suzanne talks about it is that there's like a few big moments in a nine's life where there's this right course of action and they really step into it. And Lee really feels like it's much more dispersed than that, that there, that it happens more often and that you can step into your discernment more often. And it doesn't have to be this big moment of right action. It can, it can come, it can, it can be more every day. Um, Yeah. yeah. I think I would tend to agree with her. Yeah. I think that might be important for nines too. I mean, I think that there are probably some big important junctures where that could and should and needs to happen. And then, but like in between, there are these opportunities to like practice or to like see, see that or feel, feel what that feels like. Yeah. Um, And, and the more you practice that, the more you're able to, to do it. Yeah. And like, to just realize again, that sort of vision thing versus just the everyday, like just do the right action. Like now, like whatever is happening now, um, yeah. you don't have to wait or like worry about, you know, the big thing. Yeah. Just, just do now, you know? Yeah. Yes. Just do now. I like it. All right. Well, I think we'll, Top. I could have done a lot more, but I think it's like, that's, that's, an, that's good.
Do you, do you, is there anything else that you wanted to cover or say, or is there anything that you feel like would be, is helping, like, I don't know, is helpful to yeah. other nines or, yeah. or anything that helps you the most to kind of get off the fence or have this right action, have this clarity around aligning your action with your heart? I think the, the, the piece that I'm working on is, is like how showing up for people, like being a little more right word. It's like firm or like, I want people, I want people to feel not just like that I'm there and my energy is, you know, clearly helping them or whatever, but like, there's a, there's a solidness to that as well that I, mm, yeah. Right. Cause I can, like, I don't feel right. slippery and, and, and like and I here and I just, yeah. like, really, and am I going to change my mind or am I going to, it's like, how can I help people understand? It's like, I'm here, I'm with you. I'm trying to harmonize. So that you need to know, like, I am going to see the, other. I'm never going to just side with you and be like, yeah, that person sucks. Like, yeah, no, that's, more that's fine. Right. I value yeah. that. I value, I mean, it may be hard to take in sometimes, but I value it. Right. But I'm not gonna just like I'm here, and I'm clear about what I'm not, and right. So you don't, yeah. you're, you understand. I may have some differences, and like that's okay. And yes. I need to trust that you're not gonna run from that either, right? Like I have to just trust. I have to, yes, see that that's possible. It's not just gonna be like I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna be, yeah, not, yeah, or whatever. Like I have to have faith, and yes. that. that in turn generates a scenario where yes, I, I am heard and seen. And now this yes. person is also supported and they don't feel like I'm wishy-washy or going to disappear. So I'm really like practicing that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's and, so good. And I love this stuff. I do too. It's so helpful. It, the I language is similarly unlocks things. It's just a, their phrases are just like uh, postures, right. That people embody some more naturally, some, you know, some you, you understand it, but you don't necessarily do it Yeah, and to be able to put language around that and to talk, talk about it and understand that like other people are just seeing something from a very different thing is like, it's the thing it's, it's, yeah, the it's, thing. it's really helpful. I think it's really helpful. I mean, it's, to me, it's very practical help that has, that I, I tend to be able to remember when, when I need to, like I, when I'm really behaving badly, it's like, I've, I've worn it enough now that I can have access yeah. to know what the next step is. So, so if I'm practicing all this and I'm working on it, even if it's a, low two steps forward one step back at least I'm kind of walking in the right direction of being healthier person which means I can be healthier to my kids and my husband and people around me which then hopefully creates this harmony that you're after which then hopefully creates more harmony which then hopefully creates more and then that has to I mean that's just that's just what we need right we need that that's what we need yeah we have to get along better we have to belong better. We have to belong to ourselves and we have to belong to the world and to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
holding you I held everything Three moments Was a night here If I'd only known How the key would fall He used to say I might have changed it all And I Don't get out I didn't know The way it all would end The way it all would go Our lives Are better left to chance I could have meant